forever. Dog. This is Double Thread, and my name's Tom uh, Sharpling. And his name is Tom. And my co-host is... What if I was just your backup singer? I was like, I was like, his backup? Like, it was like, his mm-hmm. co-host is... That'd his name it. is Tom? That would be like an SNL uh, opening monologue. Oh, gosh. Were those the women on the staff of SNL spent their whole childhoods dreaming of of uh, being fitted for the same dress as two other of the cast members. And, and they get a, to go, he really, touch. Yeah. and they're like, he really is. And they do like that. <laughs> like behind. next to Christopher Walken yeah. being like, I'm a nice guy. He really is. That's not what we're doing, though. We do our own thing here, and I am excited. I'm yes, doing. We do. I used to do the show with Julie Klausner. Yes, but this week clearly Shakira has taken Julie's place with this lustrous I wish. main. Oh my gosh! It's the main event. Your Shakira impression is exceptional there's a she-wolf in the closet open <laughs> up and let her in hold on yeah tom will you do something where you talk to the viewers dogs as shakira and if you have a dog Mm could you send us video of your dog reacting okay now is the time and say things that are provocative like to dogs like walk yeah okay bite (laughs) no 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 no, as shakira (laughs) be like hey dogs it's me shakira do you want to take a (laughs) wa okay whatever you say it'll get them excited i'm going to be doing Shakira's voice, her yes. singing voice, as if it's her speaking voice, Thank which you. it isn't. <laughs> right. And then talking, yes. we're trying to get reactions out of listeners' dogs. Yeah. Listen here, doggies, it's time to do that. They're going to run, run around in the park and don't listen to your owner. <laughs> Just give me a couple howls that'll like, get them excited. And go to the dog park and poop on your owner's shoes. Uh, In fact, let's just just give a let's let's give people like thirty seconds of. And Brett, you could join in. We have a producer, Brett. I just want to give people room to tape their dogs reacting to the show. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Ready. You want to go to grandma's? You want to go to grandma's house? You want to go for a walk? You want to go to grandma's? You want to go to the park? You want to go for a walk? You want to go for a walk? You want to go walkies? You want some food? Are you hungry? You want a treat? You want a treat? You want a snack? You want a treat? You want a snack? 
Do I treat? I think that's good. I think that's great. And now everyone is like, thanks, guys. My dog went out of control. <laughs> well, send us a video. Yeah. I had a very, here's my joke. I wrote a joke. Do you want to hear my joke? Uh, yes, please. Okay. It's a little, it's a little like A to B to C. It's like, it's, it's like not for everyone. It requires mm-hmm. like a little bit of thinking. Okay. It's not a good joke is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. What's a dog's favorite radio station? Let me think. What's a dog's favorite radio station? I Bark Radio? That's a really good answer. That's a better joke. Let's see. You're Uh, overthinking it or underthinking it, whatever it is. I liked I Bark Radio. uh, No Flea 100? What is what is it? W A L K. That is great. Do you know there's? You, you know you have to yes. spell yeah. that in front of them. Yeah, they should just have a dog be like, "You're here on W A L K, and uh, this is all dog radio." And W A L K, dog radio. Coming up next, uh, the, and you're here with Sprinkles. Uh, I'm going to take you through <laughs> till 11 p.m. when we're joined. And it by is my Muffin. birthday. Every day is my birthday. My and, name is Sprinkles. And I'm good. Uh, I just want to let everybody know. Uh, today's How topic, are you doing out there? Yeah. Are uh, you a good boy? How's everybody doing in, in uh, radio land? Are you a good boy, a good girl? Today we're going to be talking about uh, treats and which <laughs> treats are your favorite. Uh, we really got a lot of uh, controversial uh, discussion going last week with our ham versus turkey discussion was uh and the winner was feet and the, the winner and, was feet and the winner was feet hot hot bones we've got hot he says hot, hot bones. bones is it a phone yeah hot bones oh my god so stupid is it yes okay i think that'd be a great show for literally forever dog yeah, W-A-L-K. They ain't got enough dog-based content for a place called Forever Dog. They don't Forever have enough dog. dog content. There ain't enough how- dog content. Also, how often is there a dog in the office? Not often, often enough. Often, an- right. That's always right, the how answer, How often though. is Juno there? Not enough. I mean, the answer is the answer is probably more than other businesses. We do have frequent dogs in and out, but the answer to that is always not enough. It more dogs. The, it depends on the business. Like mm-hmm. yeah, there's probably more than Chipotle. Yeah, that's true. There is a v- a vet literally across the street, so they probably have more dogs coming in and out of there than we do. Uh, yeah, but that's a high that's bar. A that's a good high bar. comparison. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Talking about another you think, office, Brett, maybe. are you sure? You sure yeah, the vet has dog... more dogs coming through than this podcast studio? There's a dog rumor that has even more dogs hey, than put the your vet number. because put, it's just dogs. Put your number on the on the wall. We'll see if we can beat it. How many dogs? I mean, serving this many dogs every day. You put your number up. We'll put ours up. Who we'll are see. you? Thre- it's who are you threatening? This right is directed now? at the vet across the I'm street. I'm so glad that this is where Brett's competitive fire <laughs> seems to be aimed. We have more dogs we in have our more office dogs. than yeah. you? Yeah. What's, what's going on with your brain, yeah. Brett? Are we... Look. The refrigerator light was out at Forever Dog, Julie. I fixed it. How are you going to uh, see those four 
individually wrapped lifesavers you have in the kitchen. No, we got lifesavers. This guy's so no. He's got to. He's got to pick a pick a lane here. He's he's like, hey, Brad. Anything we could do? This microphone uh, is is. I I started talking to it. I got a shock. He's like, yeah, we're working on it. But then meanwhile, he's like, uh, this vet across the street. We got to show that we can get more dogs in here than them. We have more dogs. Also, yeah. I don't. Maybe hey, the dogs yeah. should be across the street. Yeah. Have you considered yeah. that? At maybe the they're vet. there because they should be. Yeah. It's better yeah. at, for them that if the they're vets. like, yeah, they're getting antibiotics. Yeah. You don't, do you yeah. have treats for them even? Oh, we got treats. No, we got life bowls. We got do dog not. bowls. No, they have lifesavers. That's what I was going to say. And you have treats for the dogs, but you only have life. Because I you think like you're taking, savers. first of all, the word lifesaver is a little too literally. I think that this, based on what I've gleaned, it seems mm. like the snack department at Forever Dog is for people having like like a, a diabetic, you know, like emergency. Yeah, it's we're we're definitely aimed at the medic alert crowd with the snacks. I think it's definitely we're we're one bag of Worthers away from literally running in a senior center here. We got and so many great dog. stuff. We got so I much great forever, stuff. Hold on, Brett. I have a bad joke. Yeah, I heard Forever Dogs so cheap they get Worthers unoriginals. Unoriginals. That's perfect. We get Worthers derivatives there. Yeah. I'm going to go with what Julie did, Brad, because. Oh, no, it was a bad follow up. It was. No, it was Tell not, me about know. the snacks. Defend yourself. Oh, my goodness. Not even not even that closet that led into Narnia holds such holds such wonders as the, the cabinet in the Forever Dog kitchen. Every time you open it up, what are you going to find? Oh, my goodness. I didn't even know they made Cheez-Its in that flavor. What flavor? Brie? Uh, like that that would be great. That would be gross. Run that up the flagpole at Cheez Its headquarters. You want to have brie Cheez Its? It's the kind of thing where if you can, if there's, if it gets all the way to market, you're like, well, it must be, it must work. Even though in my in my head, I can't really see it. But if they made it all it's, the way to that market, that has not gone to market. That's the problem. That's when I was finding those Count Chocula. Look at uh, this! Look at this! Things at the 99 cent store. What have you got, Tom? Just a small sample. This sampling. is from the kitchen. Is that everything? It's, it's most. Do you do a sweep? It. See? Cheese. It's white cheddar. White cheddar. Look two at that. Bags. Who knew? Two bags. Oh, two bags. I couldn't two possibly. Bags. No, I know. A feast. What is it? Thanksgiving Day? Yeah. No, there's no seagulls flying around. Are those poppets? Is, smart, is that smart food? Smart chips. Pita smart thins. Smart chips? What the hell are smart chips? Pita thins. Then this bag of this little tray of the stuff that if you get it on Halloween, you're just like, I am living in the wrong neighborhood. You toilet paper that place. Yeah. A lot of Twizzlers, fruit roll-ups. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. But check this out, And by the way, when Tom says a lot of, he's talking about like from the perspective of like a a, a cockroach. Yeah. That's that's not a a lot. There's... Look at that. Oh, God. Look at this bag. I didn't even realize they weren't fruit-flavored lifesavers. Three pounds, two ounces. That's a toiletry. That shouldn't even be in the kitchen. Put that in the bathroom, Brett. Yeah. That's about a year's supply right there. We think ahead. We buy in bulk. Trying to keep the budget smart. Party size. 
Boy, imagine that party. Oh, I know what kind of party. Yeah. 15 calories. That kind of party. Yeah, it's that kind of party. Julie's indicating, uh, I think, uh, an orgy, sort of a key party situation. Okay. Yes. Just for the people listening at home and not watching on Forever Dog Plus. I did not indicate any penetration. It was... uh... It seemed very uh, futile what you were proposing there, actually. It depends on what you want. Yes. It's not a cuddle party. Ain't no cuddle party like a Forever Dog cuddle party because a Forever Dog cuddle party don't stop. Says <laughs> Brett Davis. Don't start because uh, we have an HR department and and yes. uh, yeah rules. Yeah, HR. Who is the HR department? Is it Brett Davis with a clipboard and an angry expression and a whistle no, like a Brett, coach's whistle? It's Brett. Brett goes. He goes. Hey, the HR guy's gonna be here for a minute. He goes into his office. We all hear. <laughs> The the costume rack oh, shuffling. Costume. We all hear like the hangers sliding on the thing. You hear him changing. Ugh. Then he comes out and he's like, "Hi, uh, I'm uh, I'm a uh, Gret the uh, Gret from HR." Well, speaking of Brett Davis and Hollywood toy and costume, that's a two for transition right there. Uh, Brett Davis sent me a very disturbing picture last week of uh, that I'm not going to share publicly. Uh, which is um, uh, Logan Paul made a stop by the Hollywood Toy and Costume Store on Sunset Boulevard and uh, had a photo op, photo op there with the owner. Looked like he appeared to be grabbing some sort of ghoulish mask, uh, but it uh, it was a little. Are you sure was that little... wasn't just his his own face? <laughs> it's an improvement. It's hard to hard to hard to look at that photo. It was uh No, this guy sucks shit. I went to the animal rescue that his the pig that he abandoned I heard your, was that. I heard your story. Unbelievable. Was, Poor animal. Trash bag. Yeah. I was I was Paul. listening to the best show this week and I was so disturbed to find out that I have something in common with Logan Paul. Um I've abandoned some pigs in my day. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> in my day that's the somehow that was the funniest part of everything you just said in my day my oh my pie oh my we <laughs> at, what, a, at some point we're gonna have to just admit that we are like george burns and gracie yeah on this we're, show we're pretty much playing by vaudeville yeah. rules. They wish. I know. They That's wish. the yeah. thing. It's like, it's, mm. it's, look, it's universal. I guess mm. it's lasted this long. Yes. We're right across the street from universal. We really are. Ah, Pomplemousse. Pomplemousse indeed. Toothsome's, Pomplemousse, everything. The Minion. <laughs> What can't you get in this neighborhood? That's what you got to say. And uh, the answer well, to that would be I don't be know some decent, decent snacks, snacks in the kitchen of forever. Those Dog. are lousy. When you brought in the the, yeah. the they're like two container store plexiglass mm-hmm. things. Yeah. One had three small bags of savories, mm-hmm. and then the others. I I was thinking there'd be some at least some Welch fruit snacks in that second one. No, there actually usually are. We might be out of those. Uh, well, but I'm pretty happy with here. our snack selection. I'm sorry we don't have a. I'm not, and I'm not even tap. there. But like, uh, I will. Here's I, I recommend. They who shall not be named. Ooh. That was a shot at <gasps> another podcast network. No, it's really cool. It's it's cool when you. It's better to have comedy on of tap. Course. I think it's comedy. On, yeah, that's the whole thing. 
They got kombucha flows like like uh, water. What about entertainment? Man, yeah, come up jokes. a little dry on that tap. Here's a tip. How for often you cleaning that tap too, guys? There's no way you're cleaning Gross. that thing regularly. Yeah. No. Gross. You got a bar back on retainer? Who's who's taking care of that? I yeah. want to yes, recommend to you banana bites. Banana? Now tell me more about banana bites. Oh, they're so good. The the chocolate covered ones and they're chewy like raisinets, but they're made out of bananas. That's really? my recommendation to you. They're dipped in dark chocolate Ooh. and they're delicious. You know the problem with this is, Julie, they get banana bites here. Yes. These people take this stuff home. You can't take it home. You're not allowed to. You get I've a seen, metal detector, but for snacks. I've seen so much. One for the road. Right. Do a stop and frisk the by the door before yeah, people leave. Freaking 7-Eleven up the street. That's your one for the road. They sell you the one for the road. The freaking 7-Eleven. Right. Take forever dog snacks out there. With our snack supply here so meager, the dogs from across the street, the vet won't even come in. But the problem is, they were like, "Yeah, I'll, you, pay, I'll pass. I'd rather be hungry." The fewer snacks you have, the more you are encouraging a culture of what's that? What's the opposite of plenty? Uh, what like uh, sparse, bare? Yeah, like scarcity, 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 scarcity. Yes. scarcity. So basically, you have people in the mindset that they see, you know, one little dodo bird bag of pita chips mm -hmm. and they go oh i gotta take this home yeah my exactly family. i'll have to bread a chicken cutlet with it and make it last a week yeah i started to talk about some of the stuff and then joe just shoved a bunch of lifesavers in my mouth <laughs> with the wrappers on with the wrappers on and then he said if you don't have anything else to say in the next five seconds, so I'm going to consider this matter resolved. And I'm like, that's I why he's the best in the biz. It, I swear that those lifesavers aren't even fruit flavored. It's so distressing. To, I'm like very upset about it, about that. Yeah. Minty. Blech. Minty. Now, Brett. Oh, yes. Boehm, yeah. our, our esteemed producer. Thank you. Three-time winner of producer of the year. Congratulations. Uh, I try to stay humble. Yeah. What do we got on the show today? Today, what an episode we got for you today. I cannot wait. Coming up in a bit, we are going to be talking to the one, the only legendary actress, Amy Irving. Oh Amy Irving is going to be such joining great, us. Such a get. We've you, got such a, such a, what a get we have. Yeah. You know what her an amazing from guest. Carrie. You know her from Yentl. You know her from Crossing Delancey. She was in uh, The Fury. Um, she was in uh, uh, Willie Nelson's movie, uh, Honeysuckle Rose. She's yeah. then, she then... Uh, now has an album coming out, her first full-length album. She has an incredible voice. She was actually, we'll probably ask her about this, she was actually the, the singing voice of Jessica Rabbit in uh, Who's Afraid of uh, Roger Rabbit. Uh, she now has her first It was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Brett! What did I just say? Who's Afraid of Roger Rabbit? Sorry, that's a little glimpse into my head. These film <laughs> nerds, the <answer> is me. <laughs> Julie. Oh my God, Brett, that's amazing. Now we have afraid. to, now, Brett, yeah. now you know what that means. We have to... You have to write a full length play <laughs> yeah. for me and Tom to play Jessica oh, yeah. and Roger fighting. Yeah. I can't wait to tell Amy Irving you said that. 
Oh my God, she's gonna think you're just a, a buffona. Well, and I can't wait to ask her if it's okay with you. I have to get some permission here before we get into the Amy Irving interview yeah. later. Don't ask uh, her for money. There, <laughs> we already told you about that with the guests. We told you you already. Every guest, Brett, is usually just like, "Hey, you know, things are a little tight uh, lately." I, uh, I just need a little. Bit he sends them an Amazon wish list, and it's yeah. all snacks. And you know what he asks for when, he, when they say like, "Well, what, how much you need?" If anybody says it's like uh, like seven seven hundred and ten thousand dollars, <laughs> what's the ten? Is that for his agent? It's for walking around money. That's what he always says. Where are you he walking? He needs the seven hundred to pay. He's walking at City Walk, Universal City Walk. A lot of money. Yeah. I'm not going to ask her for money. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to you. I do have her email, though. <laughs> Amy Irving oh. comes from a, a, a theatrical family, right? Mm -hmm. She has an incredible story, an incredible career. Her her parents are fascinating. Or um, What's that like? To have an incredible career with fascinating family members. I, listen, here's what I want to ask her, and I need to get permission from this. She, she, uh, uh, as a kid, was in a play version of this, and then later on, is this the Rumpelstiltskin yes, stuff? Yes. Okay. So that's what I'm kind of slow uh, walking backwards into. Is I, is I, I, her family has this Rumpelstiltskin connection where they they uh, did it as they have a, a play, couple, right? Yeah, and they did it as a movie later on that her dad directed. She, starred and she in was a, in. She starred she starred in Rumpelstiltskin, which her, like, who directed? Was her brother directed? or uh, Brother or dad. And then Billy Barty was Rumpelstiltskin, and you yes, want to ask God. her about this. Yes, I want to ask her, and specifically I want to know uh, if either this, this play version or the movie version later on, if they uh, <laughs> did the original this? ending, if they included the original <laughs> ultra-violent ending, as you know, which is a... Um, uh, an obsession of mine. Ultraviolet, where... like you said, God, we're gory. So what happens? The original in... ultraviolence is. He is... wants to ask his droogs. Yeah, yeah. Bro Over wants to talk to his Maloco. Yeah, I just want to know if in the play version or the film version they made, if Rumpelstiltskin okay. sticks one of his legs so far into the Brett, ground, you have one minute of Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. asking mm -hmm. time and then uh, right? uses his other um, leg to rip himself in yes. half uh, one minute with his gut sort of spilling out everywhere. all right you just took up 30 seconds of it with what you just did and whatever you do guys i'm gonna ask you one favor the both of you please do not mention to amy irving that i'm currently producing a um, movie it's a porn pair it's humple stillskin uh <laughs> if we could not please rumble foreskin that Julie were shutting what? down production of Humble. Oh Stilskin. no! I'm sorry. I didn't want to. And I am announcing. <laughs> I your gig. And I am announcing. Rumple foreskin. I don't know. I didn't want to. I'm sorry. I didn't. No. Check it out over at Deadline Hollywood. It's a Deadline Hollywood now. Sharplin Klausner, Hump, <laughs> uh, Rumple foreskin. Is there a is there a porn porno porn. Deadline Hollywood? Um, I wonder. Bedline, bedline, Hollywood. bedline Hollywood would be perfect. Bedline Hollywood, with and there's like a sexy person being like, "Want to go to bed?" Yeah, 
there's a sexy in the person logo. in the logo. It says, want to go to bed? And I don't mean to sleep. <laughs> um, What if we end up in a situation the way there was like Armageddon and the other asteroid movie? What was that called again? Oh, yeah. I know so, what you uh, mean. Deep Impact. Deep, deep impact. impact. We have two Rumpelstiltskin porn parodies happening at the same time. Be old-fashioned showbiz competition. See who gets to the market first. Well, if it's Rumpelstiltskin, Humpelstiltskin, and then Brett's Rumpelstiltskin flick. Oh, God. Yeah. It's stuck with the worst one. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the other two are better. Well, well with then... Brett, it's in the execution Come of the thing. With your it's own, in... then. It's in the execution of the thing. And ideas ideas are relatively cheap. Mine's just called Rumpelstiltskin uh, uh, slash includes original ending. Sure. What if it's just called Rumpelstiltskin fucks? Well, no, now we're, that's great. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I like that. That's great. Yeah. In parentheses, includes original ending. In parentheses, <laughs> includes original ending. Nobody cares. Yeah. People Nobody are gonna, cares about that, but you. The real Rumpelstiltskin heads. They're gonna be. They're gonna be searching the titles. Ooh, this one includes original ending. The Click. real. The real Rumpelstiltskin heads are not. <laughs> finally, are, that's don't a want to know of about your imagination. Finally, yeah. That's me being like, well, my bed gnomes are really gonna love my pajamas tonight. <laughs> Like sure they they sure they sure will, Julie. I've got my pajamas with like pizza pies all over them. Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel, and Doug is back from down under. Goodbye, goodbye, and his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash officehourslive. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. <laughs> So on last week's episode, Tom and Julie, you'll remember this. On last week's episode, uh, we had our March Sadness Tournament with uh, Pat Oswald, where we were comparing uh, uh, all these depression cures and depression symptoms in a head-to-head bracket March Madness-style tournament, uh, and they were all going head-to-head. And we got down to the finals, and we said, "Let's let's let's send the finals over to the to the audience to decide." We had uh, from the one side of the bracket, we had uh, weird food combinations, eating weird food combinations. Um, uh, Patton likes to dip his pretzels in coffee. Uh, Tom likes to make a little uh, milk sh- impromptu milkshake out of a Snickers bar in his mouth. This is a great way to you know to either know you're depressed or deal with depression. Weird food combos. And then the other side of the bracket, we had uh, talking about Charles Manson, which was a bit of a surprise, but I, it probably shouldn't have been. Uh, talking about Charles Manson uh, came out. So we had weird food combos versus talking about Charles Manson to decide the uh, winner of March Sadness and the uh, champion by a, a listener vote, uh, a clear winner was landslide? Landslide? landslide. Weird food combos. Weird oh, food combos. Wow. Wow. 
Congratulations. You are the first annual champion of March Sadness. Weird wow. food combos. Well, people should send in their favorite weird food combos to Brett. Yes. And um, and he will make a list of them and then we'll have him send those to either Toothsome or Heckers. Great. With the yes. subject header recipes for me. Love it. Love it. You can email me at doublethreatpod at gmail.com with your weird food I was combos. With the weird food combos thing for me, you know from this from, from last week, Thomas, I just want the specifics. Like, I want to yeah. know that I've been thinking about that that salted coffee thing all week mm-hmm. and the don't dad um, pistachio ice cream with doodads in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Fascinating. I can't get enough of it. It is. And it's got to be those things that it's got to make sense for you. It's like you can't just go and be like, well, let me try that for me at least. I can't be just like, well, these are dipping pretzels in coffee. It needs to be the kind of thing where I need to feel the, you know what I'm missing right now is this. Yes, you have to have that urge, that itch. Yeah. It needs to, that's why you do these food combinations is because you're scratching an itch. That you kind of can't put even put you words to. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just fascinated by uh, food. Also, I want examples. And I also posted this. I, I was able to confirm it, uh, and I posted on my Twitter that uh, Squeaky from uh, and Phil Hartman were high school classmates. They were drama club buddies. Uh, this was from an interview with Squeaky from where she says that uh, somewhere. Uh, in her possessions, uh, there's a yearbook where Phil Hartman drew a little uh, surfer uh, guy in her yearbook and said, you know, have a great summer. Uh, where did you read Pags, that, Phil? Uh, it was an interview with Squeaky From, I think with like CBS News or something. Um, and this is, you know, sadly after after Phil Hartman's tragic death. So we never, uh, the only like accounting of this <laughs> is from Squeaky. Sharon Tate. Well, of, of, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just I'm a La Bianca. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I just meant that uh, there is no Phil Hartman is net was never on record about this. So the only way we know about this is is from. And Squeaky you're trusting Frog. her. I mean, the specifics are the specifics are interesting. I mean, I, we know they went to the same high school. I love that this CB. I love that like CBS News is like for CBS News. I'm Julie Clark. It's like, yeah, like and the yearbook itself is something that Squeaky will always treasure. <laughs> Back to you in the studio, Dad, rather. Like, what is this news story? She also said he was funnier in high school than he was on SNL. Yeah. And that's because some people really are something else. Back to you in the studio, Dan. <laughs> Squeaky! What was Phil Hartman like in high school? What are you having fun. this interview for? Yeah, what fun is- story. Oh, he I was so funny. A- I'm not averse to this existing. I'm not averse to knowing this. I'm just trying to put myself in the position of like, you know, being the journalist that's like, I'm sorry, why am I going to? Mm-hmm. To talk to Squeaky from now. Yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn uh, horn here, but uh, uh, I just searched. I just googled Squeaky from Phil Hartman. 
Guess what the second result on Google is? Brett Boehm. My freaking tweet, says, baby. What's number Brett's one? Uh, warning signs that your producer is bonkers. Yeah. If your producer's tweets about Squeaky From come up second on the search engine, your producer might be a sociopath. If your producer orders a chicken sandwich instead of producing a segment for your show, your producer might be a sociopath. Brett, what is the CBS News thing? Was it on the evening? It was on like just like. It's like let's see. That's the first result on Google. So let me see. It's Tuesday at five p.m. Unfortunately, we've got more rain coming up, and after the break, we sent one of our morons upstate to talk to Squeaky. Talk to Squeaky from and go through her high school. It's like Squeaky from's like, well, this is my class ring, and these are my pom poms. Mm -hmm. Did you think? I don't know. It's just it's just on the CBS News website from uh, 2009. Some guy named Paul Larosa wrote this article. Do you think Squeaky From would have gotten away with the Gerald Ford assassination attempt if her nickname wasn't Squeaky and she wasn't squeaking so much when she was sneaking up behind him? <laughs> I mean, what is that? The Squeaky Wheel gets the grease. The Squeaky, yeah. Squeaky wheel. There were a couple. There were a couple um, things going on in that. Yeah. But she got very close. She got very close. COVID terms, she would be be like, oh, "Hey, yeah. back she up." She was not socially distanced. She was not socially distanced from Gerald Ford. Of all the 20th century presidents to take a shot at, I don't know. Save he's your... not your favorite. He, no, he... just he, he didn't even he didn't even want to be president. He's, he was out of there and you know as fast as he could. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to reason with Squeaky From about? <laughs> yeah. Anything else you wanna? You wanna take to the floor? Yeah. Yeah. You want... or should we do like a? I mean, calling it crossfire is in bad taste, but do we want to do a debate show with Brett and Squeaky? God, Julie. Were we moderate it. I'd be terrified like to disagree Holmes. with her. I would just agree with everything yeah. she said. Well, uh, then maybe she doesn't have to be here, and it's just you like picking her opinions apart, like doing op eds on like mm -hmm. why would you know? Squeaky does not make sense. Yeah, this is going to be a case of they're going to be doing their movie podcast, and they're going to it's going to be Brett arguing with Squeaky from over. Uh, Dudley yeah, Dudley fight. Do Right versus uh, uh, Fight Club or something. Yeah, <laughs> versus the we uh, weekend by uh, the Master. What's that one? Someone with a big car crash in it that Godard made, where he had like a six minute. Long oh, car oh, crash. right. On, yes, the, the fancy ones. Yeah. Now, Brett. Oh yes. Rumor has it. Great movie. You got something to show What's us. What's what's movie is that? Rumor has it Jack Nicholson's final movie. I think. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's got Jennifer Aniston, Kevin Costner, uh, uh, your favorite Julie Shirley MacLaine, Mark Ruffalo. Mm -hmm. It's a little rom com from two thousand five. Everybody's just cashing checks and forgetting that it ever happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. rumor has it. Um, well, I well we uh we 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 revealed the March Sadness champion. 
Uh, I've got a clip now for you. This is this is part of the ongoing. We, we've we've really opened up a a, a Pandora's box here on Double Threat uh, recently between uh, Muppets versus Sesame Street. Um, it's creating all sorts of conversation online. Uh, of course, um, this uh, podcast is firmly on the side of Sesame Street. Uh, it's just more enjoyable, more accessible. The characters are better, uh, versus, uh, the kind of, uh, highbrow, high concept shenanigans they get up to on the Muppets. Uh, this seems like a fairly harmless opinion, but it's really just created such a backlash online. Oh my goodness. It's just, oh, it's created so many problems. Everybody's weighing in Mm -hmm. saying, no, the Muppets are great. You don't understand this. And then, um, yeah, I don't understand the Muppets. That's what's going on here. Yeah. I just don't get it yet. If only someone would explain them to yeah. Tom. Yeah, that's why I don't I wonder if there laugh. are any volunteers. Not the ancient puns that they're making. I was thinking about this as a it. one-to-one like between Animal and Cookie Monster who are both insane, but Animal like, like Cookie Monster is so much more lovable. Yeah. Cookie Monster rules animal makes me want to barf makes me anxious yeah julie that's exactly what it is i end up feeling anxious around these muppets you know they're like losers (laughs) that's why they're like like, he has that dog collar and leash and i'm like is that for sex they're aspirational losers but Brett, what do you? Well, have and, I, and I will look, and I don't want to. I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, drag up uh, old old wounds here. This this is this this clip is intended, I think, to to as a sort of olive branch to create some, you know, sort of peaceable uh, uh, resolution of this whole situation. Because this clip was uh, sent in by uh, by one of our uh, uh, favorite listeners, Tavy sent this in. Tavy sent this clip yes. in. I know last week, you know, uh, Tom, you and Tavy were going at it because she's trying to say, well, actually, Sesame Street's sort of highbrow too, and this and that and you're going back and forth. Well, Tavy sent us this very fun Sesame Street clip. And I feel like this is a bit of an olive branch, a way of saying, you know, this is something we can all agree on. Uh, and this is called, um, this is with the Count, the Count. Uh, and it's called uh, the Count Censored. Do you know about this video? Have you ever watched know. the Count Censored? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a funny video. Uh, and it's just, it is what it says. Um, and so I will just, uh, I'll just play this. Um, and here is uh, the count censored. One second. You know that I am called the count. Because I really love to <laughs> Sometimes I sit and all day. Dirty. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I get carried away. I slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster. Once I start in it's very hard to stop. Hey, faster, faster. It is so exciting. I, I danced to this at my bat mitzvah time. Yeah, this. One, two, three, four. 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 One, two,
Let's check in with Tom. Yeah, this is... How we doing, Tom? This is something that Muppet people think is a fun way. This is clearly Muppet-generated propaganda. He doesn't like it, Tavy. No. Try again. Just meant... And the thing, look. Keep it pure. Keep the the Sesame Street clips pure. I love Tavy. Just want it on the record. I love Tavy. Tavy's great. Tavy is an amazing person, very talented, very creative, so supportive of the the Double Threat and the best show through the Gorgeous. years. Stunningly cool, amazing, loves your shirts. The Julie, I love, love seeing I Tavy. I love dressing her. Tavy all lit up wearing your shirt. She looks beautiful oh, looks and amazing. everybody's... She's great. I don't need to endorse the, anything more with Tavy. But these Muppet people. <laughs> one is worse than the next. And this is not Tavy I'm talking about. I'm talking with these other Muppet people. Because Tavy was actually, somebody else was like, well, actually, here's the thing of uh, of uh, uh, some Sesame Street movie parody. I was like, okay, whatever. So they did it. They do That's parody not stuff helpful. once don't, in a while. You don't need to prove. Here's what, and no one needs to do is prove that something Tom likes is bad. You never yeah. need to do that. It's don't. not necessary. It's not helpful. It doesn't serve you, him, the world. There's absolutely no reason to do it ain't nobody gonna get nothing from it ain't nobody gonna get nothing from it no one's gonna think like you're smart no one's gonna think that um it, it, it's it doesn't it just it doesn't benefit anything mm-hmm. no gets us nowhere you're not gonna win you know i'm here to you'd think me saying Hey, I'm appreciating Sesame Street these days. Mm-hmm. You'd think these Muppet people would be like, "Oh, great! Oh, that's something. It's not everything. Yeah. It's not everything. It's something. It's more than where he was at before." Sure. No, absolutely. I'm still doing something wrong. Well, it's let's ruin some so and so for Tom, and that's that's not and that's helpful. Look, they want to look. I've been throwing rocks at stuff for years. So they want to throw rocks back at the thing I'm talking about. God bless you. You throw as many rocks as you Don't want do to it. throw. Don't do it. I disagree. Don't do it. It's not fun. Balls in your court, Muppet fans. On the wall. Would you show this to your son, Brett? Never. This is a fun little video for adults. Fun little video the way that you'd send like a like you'd tell someone a dirty joke. Yeah. yeah. How many views does this have? Twenty-one million. And counting. One. What are people at Sesame Street think this stuff is funny? Um, I hope not. They're I hope not. I hope they're above it. I is what's the latest? Can, can we watch a, a quick gonger as a, cla- a, cap, a palate cleanser before we 
Yeah, Brett, there's a clip called Gonger's Meltdowns, uh, a, a supercut of Gonger's Meltdowns. If you could find that. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's go out on that as a palate cleanser. He's oh, like, what are you doing, Cookie? So here, uh, this is, this is a, uh, I think, a supercut of Gonger. Okay. Uh, it's Great. called Chef Gonger's Endless Frustration with Cookie Monster. Monster looked off to the side with his eyes still Googling around and said, It a gift. Because how, how, how do you eat the ingredient I need exactly when I need it? Okay, how about this? Something where people draw me and you as Gonger and Cookie Monster is as double threat, it a gift. I oh, that. I love it. I love it. And there ain't no wrong one. I'll be Cookie Monster or Gonger. Me too. Well, speaking of uh, gifts, we have a, a real gift coming up after the break uh, in the form of uh, Amy Irving, just an absolute iconic Hollywood legend. Amy Irving is going to be joining us after the break. You know her from Carrie, from Yentl, from The Fury, from Crossing Delancey. She has a new album out. We're going to be talking all about it. It's her it's her full-length album. Uh, and if you're like, oh, what is this, another an actor putting out an album? No. This is the real deal. Real she deal. was the vo- singing voice of Jessica Rabbit in, in Roger Rabbit. She uh, it has an, an incredible uh, singing voice as well as being an incredible actor. We're going to talk to her all about that after the break. Don't go anywhere. Now, as you know, on our show, Double Threat, uh, usually the guest situation has been described as bleak at best, and usually it's a race to the bottom. Once in a while, though, every dog has their day. Once in a while, you get and Once in a while, you hit a home run. And Julie, today is such a day. No more talking to the mailman who delivered the stuff to Bruce Boxleitner. We we got a A-list, top-notch, bona fide, celebrity great guest. Who do we have, Julie? Amy Irving, oh welcome to God. Double Threat. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> you guys are crazy. 
And I'm not mean to put Bruce Boxleitner down, of course. I'm just putting his name down. I don't even know who down. that is. Oh, I guess you haven't seen Tron recently. I haven't seen Tron, period. <laughs> Amy, have you seen Tron? Not a Tron no, kind of guy. You don't need to see Tron. Um, welcome to the show, Amy. This is so Thank exciting. You. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I have been a fan of yours for, I, I, I don't even know for how long, but it's so surreal to meet you and see, first of all, I hope this isn't shallow. You are intimidatingly gorgeous. It is a little bit overwhelming to see you like face to face, even though we're on Zoom. You all look very beautiful. Everybody today. looks great today. We're, we're a beautiful group. Amy and you are a curly, you are a, a curly wavy hair icon <laughs> from back in the day. And, and funny, I get so many women who come up to me and say, you know, we didn't get to, we were straightening our hair and we were straightening our hair and you came <laughs> along and we all got to go natural. And I said, <laughs> I, I feel there's an accomplishment in life, you know? So we like, where, where should we start? Like, should we start with the, with the album? Because it's so, it's so cool that you have a, a full length record out. And first of all, people need to know that you can sing. Like you can, your voice is incredible. I, I don't, I don't know if everyone knows that you were Jessica Rabbit's singing voice, but there, but there's so much more that you can do with your, your voice. And I'm wondering like how you are enjoying making music and if it's just sort of something that you're like, oh my gosh, I should have, this is my, this is like what I'm meant to do. This is so much fun. It's interesting because I, I, I worked all my life in the theater and on film and acting, and I, I, I was impassioned as an actress. I, I was brought up on the stage, so it was part of my blood, which is why the album is called Born in a Trunk, because I was literally born in a trunk. My first, uh, my first show was The Baby in Rumpelstiltskin. I was nine months old. I, I, I'm used to being on the stage, and I've enjoyed it. And then I kind of got to a place where I wasn't loving making movies. Um, I was, I've kind of explored a lot on the stage and um, I have a really excellent home life with a wonderful husband and terrific dogs. And I just, uh, the idea of doing eight shows a week in a play doesn't necessarily appeal to me in the same yeah. way. And, and uh, you know, getting up at four in the morning and trying to look pretty in front of the camera at three in the morning and having spent all day there, you know, all that stuff just kind of stopped being all that interesting to me. And I wasn't pursuing it in the same way. And then my son, Gabriel Barreto, who is now a music manager, you know, he manages this group called Ghoulis and he convinced me to do an album with them. Um, I never dreamed of making an album. I never dreamed of being a singer. I get up there now and it's the highest high I've ever had. I mean, it's like when you when you become one with a character, it's an incredible feeling. But when you're acting, when you're doing a show and that character is you, you're already at one with that character. So it's like it's it's just a, a marriage of 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 self and and music and and musicians and audience and and memoir and everything and it's just kind of all come together in this one 
one place where I'm not as terrified getting up on, I, I've always had stage fright. Getting up and doing this isn't, I thought it was going to be the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. And I, I lost a lot of sleep over it and uh, got, had to, had to deal, deal with a lot with my shrink about this and yeah. had to, had to hold me up a lot, you know, and, um, and I, now it's like, I can't wait to get out there and do it again. That's amazing. There's a song that Willie Nelson wrote for me called I'm waiting forever for you. And when Willie sang it, it was kind of just he and his sister, Bobby, and on the piano doing it almost as a waltz. And, and now it's kind of, it's, it's, it's completely different. It's, 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 and, and Willie sings on it with me and uh, it's, it's fun. And, and it's just, you know, finding something new at my age, you know, to sure. start something brand new. I feel so alive, you know, yes. I feel like I've stepped back into life, you know, after COVID, I felt a Absolutely. little, like nothing was going to ever happen again. And then suddenly not only have I stepped back, but in a way that is really, really thrilling for me, <laughs> hopefully for the audience too. It is for everybody. It's very exciting. You mentioned you can, when you take control of these songs and you live these songs as the performer of them, how, what goes into the selection of something like you, you did, uh, Death Cab for Cutie, uh, I'll Follow You in the Dark, which is kind of like a contemporary standard to me in a way. Yeah. Well, like, that, that was my, when I was, uh, first day, I've been married now for 15, 16 years, uh, can't remember. How long have we been married, Ken? 15. 15 years. Um, uh, uh, stop. You're going to knock over my microphone, Jules. This is my doggy. Let's see the dogs. Oh, let's see the dogs. 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 Ah! Dogs, ah! Dogs, oh, my goodness. Dogs, dogs. Again, we get right in front of the camera. He's a large one. He's <laughs> a big boy. Don't knock over the camera. Don't knock you over do the camera. You do what you want. Jules, you do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Where was I? Oh, you're saying you were married? You get oh, your... oh, yeah, yeah. No, well, when Ken and I were dating, we were on a, a beach in Brazil. I was, he had never been to Brazil before, and uh, uh, I had a home down there. And uh, we were on the beach, and he played Death Cab for Cuties, I'll Follow You Into the Dark for me. And it became our song. So that's why it's in the show. And I'm, I make him go stand way out in the center so I can sing it to him. Because if he's sitting on the side, then the whole audience will just get the side of my face. But I, I get to sing it to him every time I do it. And it's, 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 it's thrilling. It's sometimes hard not to cry. but No, it's a very ben, – Ben Gibbard, who wrote the song, is a good friend of mine. And he, um, he just is so he, – he can kind of tap into something that's kind of like – it's so universal – and it's just so devastating, but it's very specific to him, but it means something to everybody at the same time. It's a beautiful song. And, and then Tom also has a connection to Willie Nelson. Because... Oh, I, 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 I used to write on a show called Monk, and then uh, Willie Nelson was on an episode and was one of the... Yeah. Tony's yeah, my friend. That Tony's the best. He is the best. He, Brooke is Brooke is my girlfriend. From we we have kind of similar similar paths. Mm -hmm. Brooke is in dead zone. You're mm -hmm. in the fury. You're so good in the fury. Did you like doing the fury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. I learned a lot on that because um, it was my second film, and um, I had a I, I had worked with Brian on De Palma on Carrie, 
and uh, on Carrie because it was a big film for him and he was very involved. He was more uh, involved with the camera and, you know, getting the film done. By the time we did Fury, because he had Carrie under his belt, he got had a little bit more freedom and he really was had time to show me the ropes. Mm -hmm. um, I would be out there because I was in a lot of the scenes. So I would be out there um, uh, uh, doing a scene in which I had to cry. And and he'd say, Amy, I I said, we're using this lens. You're you're the size of a pinky nail in this scene. Save your tears. You're going to burn out before you're 25. You know, right. So um, so then we had a little signal after that where where instead of telling me what lens he's using, because I couldn't care less about all that technical jargon, you know, I just said, just put your hand at your neck, at your chest, at your hips, at the knees. Yes. So I know, you know. So, but uh, I learned to economize. I learned to I learned when to put out and when not to. You were also surrounded by a lot of nerds. You were surrounded by a lot of nerdy guys like Lucas and like. Of course, they want to explain the lens to you. Oh, no, yeah. No, I mean, I was married to a man who loved to talk about the lens. What? Even no. Dinners with Steven is like he would sit down with another director and they'd start talking shots and everything. And I'm like, I've never been a very good. Uh, 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 I've never cared that much about any of the technical stuff in the movie. Man. I, I kind of, you know, I like to get out there and do it, but I don't, I never really, uh, uh, I never wanted to be a director. I never want, sorry, the sun is like right in my face. I'm going to try to find a place where I can see. Find the, wherever the dog is. <laughs> um, but Willie Nelson, you had worked with from back in okay. Honeysuckle Rose. Yeah. And you're still friends. That's so nice. Yeah. No, we're very good friends. We're very good friends. Um, was he helpful with the album? Did he give you any advice on the album? Did he listen to yeah, any other yeah, songs? He was very helpful all along. He, he uh, after he heard, actually, when he heard uh, Jules's uh, arrangement, when we sent him the the rough of uh, 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 I'm not um, oh, what, what's it? I'm waiting forever for you. He uh, uh, he just loved what Jules did with his song. He's a huge fan, and that's why he put his voice in as well. I, I, I want to ask about Carrie and I want to ask about Yentl. Okay. What should we start with? So we'd start with Carrie. That was your first movie. Was that your first movie? That was my first movie. Yeah. What happened was um, George and Brian De Palma had casting calls together. Because right. they, George was looking for his Star Wars and cast and Brian was looking for his Carrie cast and we were all the same age. So, uh, Thank you, honey. He just put a big board on the. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you, husband. Perfect. Now I can sit down. Now I can move back to. There you go. Anyway, so they were both there. And then um, Brian, uh, uh, if you watch the show, I'm saying Brian, Brian tested me for uh, all of us for Carrie and, and, and he offered me Carrie, but then he helped me with my screen test for George's uh, Star Wars because he said it was going to be such a big movie and he wanted he was generous, mm -hmm. you know but I didn't get it, but Carrie was a good consolation prize. And I did watch your audition and it is really funny to hear you say Chewbacca has the coordinates. <laughs> I said it was like talking a foreign language. I, I mean, Chewbacca is a dog. It'd be like your dog has the map. 
such yeah. a stupid that movie's so stupid no offense but like the movie's so what? stupid Carrie's such a smart good movie in my yes. opinion i was very happy to have done carrie and 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 also brian introduced me to my first husband so i mean brian was very influential in my life was it uh helpful or weird or or not weird at all because it was just what you knew to have your first gig be next to your mom that you were acting right with your mom and Carrie? Well, I grew up working with my mom. I mean, my mom, when I did Rumpelstiltskin, she was the Miller's daughter. I was her baby. I was her child. And and we 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 did so many plays together. I mean, it was just natural. But it was funny because when when the hand comes out of the grave, and I wake up from the nightmare and I'm screaming and I'm crying. And my mother, Priscilla Pointer, is holding me. She there were a few takes that she called me Amy because it was very upsetting oh. for her to see me so upset. I was like, you know, you have to call me Sue, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and we we did like six movies together. Mom I mean, and I. she's she's a legend in her own right. You know, she's turning 99. Honey, no, you do not have to stand there. <laughs> <laughs> it's really okay let him do it amy let him do it <laughs> um yeah no uh mom mom uh is turning 99 on may 18th and she's doing great oh, Penahara. so okay tom i don't mean to no no if no, you no, had no, something no, but can no. we just go into can we talk about yentl is that okay you asking me i don't know i think i might be asking god at this point but <laughs> Barbara Streisand directing starring she's the only one who gets to sing you and Mandy Patinkin have voices of angels how do you how how does one how does one navigate a Barbara Streisand I mean you've worked with directors like De Palma and you've had directors with big egos around you you were married to one it's all good but I just am very curious about what it was like uh working with her you know, I had a good, really good experience with Barbara. She, I, I had so much respect for her um, passion for this project. I mean, I, I had turned it down initially um, because I, I had just got back into, uh, uh, I was on Broadway doing Amadeus and I just was so happy to be back on the stage. I'd done movies and then I, but she, when I turned it down, she invited me up to her apartment and she just was so, she said, help me realize my dream, Amy. And what do you say to that? You know, and then she took such good care of me. I mean, she, I was her little doll on the set. You know, I, I mean, if, if I was standing in a certain light, she'd say, you know, I want these peaches to match her. Li- I want her, I want her lipstick to match these peaches. It's hard to make the peaches match my lipstick, but <laughs> the other way around, but uh, she, uh, she just she just she just wanted this she wanted Hadass to be the perfect woman you know and so she, and and she's such a visually uh, artistically visual woman and you know you can see from all the times you've seen her her interior decoration you know i mean she just her her detail of everything is so extreme and i, I got the, all that attention on me so that was just fantastic for me are you are you going to read the book when it comes out later this year? Eleven hundred page memoir. Um, is she going to read it on book on tape? Because maybe I'll listen to it. I don't know. Well, the good thing about in print is you could just go to the index and look for your name. 
Oh, that's right. If she's writing a book, I could be in it, right? Yeah. That's very or not. Exciting. She might leave me out. I don't know. I'm going to be hanging around Barnes & Noble out your way and watch for you to go and just flip through the back of the book going down that index looking for that. You can't get a picture of me doing that. <laughs> Should we should we give it to Brett to be weird? Yes, we have. This is the the elephant in the room for us is our producer Brett. It's so weird, and he he gets these obsessions. And Brett, you take it away, Brett. Yeah, sure. I, I'm totally normal, Amy. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I just uh, I um. He's Do I see you? Oh no, I, I, you I'm never know. on camera. I'm I. Uh, and I'm in a sort of a hovel over here at the studio, yeah. just a sort of windowless room with very poor lighting. So I stay off camera. But uh, I did. I, I was really uh, I've mentioned this several times on the show. I've always been fascinated with the ending of Rumpelstiltskin uh, in which Rumpelstiltskin uh, plants one leg in the ground and then rips himself in half. Uh, I always was just sort of struck by how violent that is and how grotesque it is. And, and it's just such an intense reaction to someone knowing your name. I was wondering with your family's, you know, uh, having having staged uh, Rumble Stiltskin on the stage and then uh, doing a movie version later. Um, uh, did you maintain the original ending or did you have to kind of play around that because it would just be too disturbing to see this uh, this uh, little guy's guts uh, spill out all over the stage? <laughs> As Billy Barty, I haven't seen that movie for so long. I didn't remember. I mean, I know that he gets destroyed. Um, I was nine months old for the original, so I don't mm. remember how it ended. <laughs> You know, I don't know if it's the same. I think there's a lot of similarities. A lot of the songs are the same. Mm. A lot, you know, I mean, my brother David directed the, directed the movie, and he took it from our our childhood experience of doing it. But uh, I can't I can't help you there as far as the violence. Oh, that's <laughs> Most all right. Tales have a lot of violence, don't they? Yeah, they do. A lot of the uh, the Grimm's tales, and 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 is it was that a story that was meaningful to your family? Did you guys uh, was that like a family story that got told or retold, or was it just sort of accidental that that that's the story? I think it was just accidental. That, that was what what we were doing at the time, and we we did, we did a lot of children's theaters. A lot of them were original. You know, Gretchen and Lonely mm. Goblin, you probably never heard of. You know? Uh, where the King Carl the Cruel is the... I think I may have lived Gretchen the Lonely Goblin in college. <laughs> After. This is where, where King Carl the Cruel couldn't laugh. Mm -hmm. So he made... so And laughter... And Gretchen couldn't stop laughing. And he made a rule that you had to go out there and and... And, and this goblin had to get all the laughter out of people. And he, what we did do is he'd tickle people and they'd start to laugh and he'd hit them on the back and he'd put their laughter into a big sack. Mm. Uh, and I was laughter. So when he brought me, he wanted laughter in the woods with him, his, his company. And I'm in this little yellow tutu. And it's like, laughter is crying, laughter is dying, but I know of one thing to do. Gretchen would say, just sing when I sing and laugh when I laugh, when I point my finger at you. Sing, ha, 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 ha. Sing, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> All together, here we go, sing fiddly dee. Fiddly dee. Snickety sneeze. Snickety -snee. sneeze. Laughter, come and dance with me. That was good. That's I can't believe I still remember the yeah. words. Of course you still remember it. What else? Is, you're, these things imprint on your brain. I guess so. So, yeah. So we did a lot of children's theater, and uh, Rumpelstiltskin's probably the only one you've ever heard of. Can I get oh, wait, one more we, question? What? Uh, 
just one one last question. I know at the one end, at the end of just for me, for me, uh, at the end, we're at, kicking him, and then I don't get to talk anymore. But this is one more thing I'm curious <laughs> about. I know I, I just I love so many of your movies, and I know at the end of the uh, Fury, there's this scene where you make uh, John Cassavetti's character explode. Uh, so it's kind of uh, like, your the, mind. like the like the Rumpelstiltskin theme. Like, you, yes. And that's just what I do. I, yeah, it does. There, I just was picking yes. up on a kind of thread, and I was just wondering if that was something. You know, what was it like to shoot that, and kind of, you know, uh, and also, you know, yeah, was that something that was that your idea, or was that in the script already, uh, making oh, Cassavetes no. explode? That was that was no, the ultimate blowjob. That's what I used to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Blowed him up, didn't I? No, I, rem- I remember showing uh, my son Max that film for the first time. I, his father had shown it, uh, uh, shown the film. It was on TV, like on Channel Five, when he was a little child, little toddler. And I wasn't home, and he said, "Oh, look, there's mommy on television." And then suddenly, I'm making Charles Durning's hands bleed, and Max freaks out, and Stephen runs to the kitchen and gets the ketchup out and say, "It's just ketchup. It's just ketchup." And I could not wear red nail polish. He oh. had such a thing about blood oh. after that. And then when he got older, I finally showed it to him. And when that scene came on with the with blowing up, he laughed his head off. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that film as opposed to when you were two. <laughs> I also, stage fright is something that plagues me. I get in front of people and then the sweat starts pouring down my face even though I'm not nervous inside, how do, how does, how did you, how do you cope with stage fright? You said you, it's something that's been an, an aspect of your onstage uh, existence. You know, I knew that uh, I had a problem in the theater when I was in drama school in London. I was doing a, a, a play in which I was the maid and I had to bring a whole tea set on and you could hear me coming from five minutes off because the tray was shaking mm-hmm. so much and everything was rattling. And I thought, oh, so I mean, I knew that I, I had a problem. Um, everyone uh, 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 has talked to me about, you know, you have to work on relaxation exercise and everything. I'm an insomniac, everything, everything works against me in that then. It was only when I was doing um, Host of Utopia on Broadway, the Tom Stoppard play, that oh, one yeah. of the actors said, saw me trying to smoke a cigarette on the stage, you know, and my hand was like, mm-hmm. and she said, have you ever tried a beta blocker? Oh, okay. Little nice. beta blocker, it's just the best thing for stage fright, a half a beta blocker and the shakes go away. Okay. That... I love that. What a great and so, answer. And, 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 and when you get up on the stage to sing, you can have a little shot of tequila, too, if you want. Okay. So I'm going to start through. mixing beta blockers and tequila. And that'll or just the worm. Just get the worm. That'll... Brad, can you go get me <laughs> two beta blockers <laughs> and some tequila also, please? And some of Dan Aykroyd's skull vodka, <laughs> yes. please? It's it's interesting. You you've worked with so many people that everybody knows their brilliance and everybody knows the the legend of them. Who is somebody who people might not be aware of that is a true great in your eyes that maybe does not get the recognition that some of the bigger names get? Yeah, good question. Um, 
in the theater world, uh, Anthony Page would definitely be famous enough, but you don't know who he is, right? This is a man, the reason I love this man's direction so much, I did a Heartbreak House on Broadway with him with uh, Rex Harrison and Rosemary Harris. Thrilling experience, but what, what, what Anthony Page does, which is different from any other director I've ever worked with, is when you do a run through of a show, your director is writing notes of, of what you're doing wrong, right? Oh, no, 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 you should go left there. No, you should pick up the book there, whatever. So, so at the end of the run through, you get all the corrections. What Anthony Page does is he writes down what you're doing right. Wow. And for oh, that's me, nice. I just, but it just, what it does is like, okay, the, I'm going in the right direction. So it, it, it affords you to go further. It affords you to take it into another level. And mm -hmm. I just, that worked for me really well. I thought he was, and he is a brilliant director. Now that's, that's, that's a beautiful way of approaching this. I think so too. I mean, who needs to, I don't like criticism. I shut down when someone keeps telling me I'm doing something wrong. I get smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. But if someone says, go for it, and that's good. I like that direction. Then you, mm -hmm. then you expand on it. It's, it's, it's a good, I think it's a smart approach. Uh, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. And I feel like we should, we should wrap up a little, right. But I just wanted to ask before we do, I, what was your favorite thing about doing Crossing Delancey? That was like your, it was a huge breakout moment for you, I think. My favorite moment is when, when I don't even remember the actress's name, when she sings Some Enchanted Evening in, um, in, in the hot dog stand. Did you enjoy doing that movie when you were shooting it? And oh, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. to, be, to be shooting on the New York streets, there's nothing cooler, you know? And uh, Joan Rickman Silver uh, and uh, the, the script by, was by a woman as well, um, Susan Sandler, and it was all women. And it just, there was just a, 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 good, a good feel about it, you know? And it mm -hmm. really, it was a classic story. I mean, I watched, I, it was the first film that I sat and I watched, I remember I watched it for the first time with just my mother and my stepfather. And I, at the end, I turned back to them and went, I like this movie. I think I've I think I've done enough movies that weren't that I didn't necessarily. Yeah. I I'm very proud to have been in Carrie and in The Fury, but I can't watch horror movies. You sure, know? It's not my thing, you know. But with Crossing the Lance is the kind of movie that I I would go to. You know. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, Tom and Julia. Can I can I get one more? Can I get one final question? Oh, of, I don't. know. It's up to Amy. It's up to Amy. It's a good one. I swear, it's a good one. Amy, you don't have to say yes or no. And if it's, it's a Rumpelstiltskin uh, question, Brett, it's not a Rumpelstiltskin question. I just want to know on the set of Crossing Delancey, those barrels that held, had all the pickles in them, was that a kind of you could just walk up and grab one situation in between takes, or were those pickles available for consumption? What was the what was the pickle a, situation? This was a really important question, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> you know, if you eat a pickle when you're shooting. One, you'll have bad breath if you have to kiss your fellow actor. And two, you'll burp. So, no, mm -hmm. we did not. I did not put my arm in there and eat any pickles. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. You happy now, Brent? You got your pickle question answered? I am. I probably would have. I probably would have rummaged around one of those barrels, but but I, I get it. I get it why why you wouldn't. Yeah, why you wouldn't want to eat a pickle no, during there's, shooting. There's a there's a there's a there's a store uh, near near where we shot. Uh, pickle bookstore. Is it? What's that? Oh, sweet pickles. 
Sweet pickles. Yeah, it's ba- it was inspired by Cross and Delancey. Uh, the woman started uh, uh, during COVID, and we, I went down there, uh, and 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 it, it's a very cool little place. You can have books and pickles. Well, this has been such an amazing treat, and we're so fortunate that you were being so generous with your time and your talent. What a thrill! And it's just exciting to talk to. I mean, you're 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 so incredible and thank you so much for you know sharing some insights into your amazing career and congratulations on the album thank you well we uh we are uh we're doing the show at city winery on april 10th i'm supposed to say these things right of course (laughs) the 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 album launches april 7th it's pretty exciting where should people people should go to Bandcamp to get it or your your website on I know you're on social media. I'm on uh, my my son runs my Instagram and Facebook. There's a there Amy Irving official. I don't I I can't look at it myself. It's Why would you? <laughs> Life yeah. is short. You got yeah. two dogs to look at. Exactly. Exactly. I don't and want a husband that stands in front of uh of your light. What could you at what 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 more uh, yeah. what more could you want? Yeah. And a glass of white wine. Please, you've got to figure it out, Amy. You're doing everything right. So the album is called Born in a Trunk. It comes in- out April 7th. Everybody's got to check it out. That's not optional. It's a mandatory. It's an order. Thank you. And the video is up. Yeah, the single dropped, uh, the the Why Don't You Do Right, the, the Roger Rabbit song is already out, yeah. It's a video of us uh, uh, when we actually recorded it in the recording studio. You sound great. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your of show. Course. Congratulations on everything and and have fun doing the live shows. Yes. And... Go kill them. Take your take your uh, take your BB. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Knock them dead. Go Fuck them up. <laughs> mm. Thank right. you so much. All right, Amy. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. That was amazing. What a legend swinging by the double threat show to tell us about Carrie and Pickles. Carrie and Pickles. And if you want to get really mad, um, read Easy Riders Raging Bulls because Brett sent us some of the things in that book to prepare us for this interview. And they were also sexist and disgusting and just like patently un not to use our friend Patton's name in a mm-hmm. not nice way, but they were, um, no, it's like Patton, like the leather. Yes. God, my brain is bad. I have a bad brain. <laughs> you have one of the top five brains in the top entire world. I don't oh know my God, off. we're going to have people vote on the list that I'm going to lose to like yeah. Odie from Garfield. Um, there are things in it that were so untrue or that like there were just rumors that he repeated and the whole thing was just so it was almost um it, it was infuriating it was infuriating. it was just like her coming up in this boys club of 70s cinema and holding her own and doing her job and people just like you know just just needing to get their two cents on what they didn't like mm-hmm. about these ladies that were you know uh in relationships with the with the real geniuses of the era mm-hmm. 
Well, what I really wanted to ask, and I, and I didn't, though, is that uh, apparently, yeah, Cassavetes was a little bit of an asshole to her in that Fury set. So what? I'm, I'm wondering if when she got to make his, his whole body explode uh, with her mind, <laughs> if there was a little bit of catharsis in that in that moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody didn't enjoy watching Cassavetes explode. And I like the guy, mm-hmm. but it was fun to see him go kablooey. One question I did not get to ask her was because she worked with Brian De Palma more than once. And uh, the thing is, I'm actually on the De Palma diet <laughs> where it's, I uh, have this food in De Palma in my hand and I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to ask her if she's familiar with the De Palma diet. Whatever is in the palm of my hand, I eat. Oh my God. Well, that was the other thing in that stupid book was that there was like reportedly like, she she liked De Palma, but De Palma did not reciprocate. Sure. I'm like, according to who? Yeah. She's like, oh, I gotta see what's in his his beard today. Yeah, she Maybe there's some me. sunflower seeds. She liked me. I didn't like her though. No, I didn't like her. I like the I like the watch ladies change. Yeah. Clothing from across the alley. <laughs> Yeah, that's he's into. That was, oh, we need a by the way, girl. he is so into that. He's like, no, you're you're too close. Like you like be a lady, you start taking your clothes. They're like, mm-hmm. you're too close, you're too close. You're like, all right, should I go across the room? He's like, go across the street, and then we'll talk, lady. Those days um, were For the gross. Best of all, I am now announcing. Everything. I'm writing a book about podcasting the same way that easy riders raging bulls was it's going to called easy talkers uh raging microphones raging assholes yeah roided easy talkers raging roided rogans is what i'm going to call the book easy talkers roided rogans and sleazy squawkers sleazy squawkers roided rogans is my (laughs) sleazy squawkers that's my book and i'm just gonna warn you brett there's a whole chapter about forever dog can't wait yeah it's about um it's about how jerry from t public Liked Brett, but Brett did not like Jerry from T Public back in a pal way. So I, so I set him up with Steven Spielberg on a blind date. Yes. I really need to offload Jerry, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I can't believe you had set Jerry from T Public on a blind date with Steven Spielberg. They hit it off. Yeah. Can I say something to George Lucas real quick too? Just a message to the to the big guy himself. Absolutely. Of course. The I'm floor reading is this all book. yours. As Amy said, there was this joint casting call for Carrie in Star Wars. Uh, and up for Princess Leia, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, Amy Irving, and Jodie Foster were all up for Princess Leia at this casting wow. call. You know, you know what decision he should have made there? Write two more female characters and cast yeah. all three yeah, of them. You, you. You, Look at you dunce. Absolutely. Thank you, Brett. This is... What are you that's doing? the truth. It's like... Well, who's gonna play the who's gonna play the woman in this? Well, it's an easy workaround with that. Um, they all want to be in the movie. You got three great actors there. Well, like she said, Carrie was a hell of a hell of a 
consolation prize. Consolation prize. Yes. I think she got the better of the deal, to be honest. There's no question. Maybe not financially, but no, I she'd think be... she's doing okay in that department. <laughs> yeah, she'd be she <laughs> she'd be stuck doing these stupid Star Wars movies now. She have to be at Comic Con answering questions. She doesn't want that life. Breaking news! Breaking news! Is he arrested? Gwyneth Paltrow found not liable for 2016 oh, thank God. with optometrist. Oh, thank heavens, there is uh there is a there is a lord. Shakespeare and Love Star awarded her requested one dollar. Oh great. So what's she gonna spend it on? Ski lessons. <laughs> like she did last time. She got those one dollar ski her lessons. Day pass. She got those one dollar ski lessons. She'll get them again. They both got one dollar ski lessons. This optometrist. I'll give you a one. I'll give you a dollar ski lesson. Okay, well, that sounds inappropriate. No, it's <laughs> you give me a dollar. I'll mm-hmm. I'll do it on Zoom. I'll go. I'll just go. Wee! Just go down. <laughs> That's it. Go, yeah. Go, wee! I'll pretend to push you. When you're now, when you're skiing, you're going down the hill, not up the hill. Okay. Yes. Ready? One, two, three. Wee! wee! And where's my dollar? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love Amy Irving. Double threat. I love double threat. I love Julie. I love. I Brett. love Tom. Everybody. And and we'll be back uh, next week with we'll more. Be... <gasps> what about this? With What's more that? Julie and Tom foolery. I like that. Great. More Julie Japes and Tom foolery. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. More of Julie's Japes and jokes and Tom Tom foolery. And Bonkers Bread will be there too. <laughs> yep. He sure will. <laughs> Until I like learn to run the equipment. <laughs> and uh, trust me, everybody. Oh, Tommy, everybody it's so complicated. It's so complicated. I'm taking classes. It's so hard. running the equipment. Everybody, I'm taking classes. I'm doing everything I can. It is tricky, though. Oh, no, I just spilled a pomplamoose LaCroix all over this board. That's going to be. There you go. Oh, no. You did. We're very. You were good at not using the soundboard during the interview. It's tempting. <laughs> was it really tempting? Oh yeah. What were you gonna use? Who gonna... am I? <laughs> Which one? That was a long time ago, wasn't it? it was when she talked ago. about yeah, being nine months past. old. Yeah. Who am I? That was a long time ago, wasn't it? That's a ten. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.